coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars open 4-0 in a second straight season for the first time in school history. Now, after a home win over USF, it's on the road to face USU Friday night. We've got the Cougs head coach and punter Ryan Rico on the show. Next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, hello. Good evening once again, Cougar football fans. Welcome back inside Studio C at BYU TV for another edition of the Sitake Show. We're with you every hour for a solid, every week, not every hour, that'd be something. We're here with you every week for a solid hour, joined by our live studio audience. Live studio audience, are you with me tonight? Yes. We also have BYU fans streaming us live and on demand and being part of the conversation on social media using hashtag Sitake Show. And for those watching live, you can take part in our live polls via the Opine app on your phone. Watch for poll questions throughout the program tonight. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will recap another win, this time over South Florida, the Cougs' 13th straight victory in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We will go inside the film room with uh, Jerem Jordan joining Baylor Romney for that conversation. Deep Blue will profile Jake Oldroyd, while punter Ryan Rico will be our in-studio guest. We kick things off as we do every week by welcoming in the man who makes the show go. He is head coach Kalani Sitake. See you again. What's up, everyone? They're feeling good. I checked oh. them a few minutes ago. They're, they're doing all yeah, right. Yeah, you got yeah. them all hyped up. All right. Good to see you guys. So fall officially arrived on the calendar, and the next football game you play will be in October. Football just feels a little bit different in the fall. It's here. Yeah, a little chilly, but it'll be all right. We got. I mean, just I think you can warm up by screaming and and cheering. So that that's a good way to get warmed up. Uh, How's this week gone for you through two days? Really good. Yeah, the um, practices have been really good last two days, and I really like what I saw today. So we're looking forward to the game. I, I know guys are excited about. The game being a day earlier, it just seems like um, our guys are really anxious to get up back on the field, and, and uh, so only having to wait six days, that, that was a, a treat for our players. Uh, are some guys who were banged up, have they made their way back on the field as well this week? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that are still practicing, even though they may not be 100%, but uh, we just have a rule with our team that you can't practice and you can't play, so uh, we're, we're trying to assess uh, how much they'll get better in the next few days before the game, but uh, from what I've seen in practice, I think there's enough guys. We'll have 11 out there to, to play the game, and so we'll, we'll be okay. How's Jaron Hall coming along? Yeah, he's coming along. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to still look at um, is, is he going to be at a point where we can um, – where we're first of all, we're, we're comfortable with him protecting himself and then also the uh, efficiency of our offense and, and what we have with Baylor and, and with Conover and others, so – uh, we're still figuring that out. 
He had a good thing going with Baylor as BYU went to 4-0 with that 35-27 home win over South Florida on Saturday night in front of another large, loud crowd at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Let's roll through uh, some of the highlights and talking points from Saturday night. And it was another game, Kalani, in which you guys started fast, started scoring first. And uh, I think you're now on a 12-game win streak when, uh, when you just score first. And you did on Saturday. Mason Wake had a big night. Five catches for Mason, career high, and gets you in to make it 7 nothing. Yeah, it just felt really good about the, the way that the offense was clicking early. And uh, Baylor did a great job of having them ready. And then great play calls by A-Rod. Now, we shouldn't just gl- you know, gloss over the fact that uh, you bring in your number two quarterback and the team kind of didn't skip a beat offensively. You scored 21 in the first quarter. Yeah, and I think he's a little different than, than most backup quarterbacks where we, we've seen him start games before. And um, he has this high level of just um, poise and composure. He just has this nice, relaxing uh, demeanor about him where I think uh, a lot of the guys feed off of it. And, um, and you know, I, I think the most excited I've ever seen him is when he was on his back after he made the touchdown throw to Isaac Rex. And he, like, pointed up his fingers. That was about it. But <laughs> most of the time he's just... He's just steady and gets back to work, and, and um, it's nice to have him. Just that's his personality, though. He just wants to get things done, and always wants to find ways to get find a way to get better. And I've I've been really excited to watch him as he starts growing, even from first time he started the game. In a little bit, we'll talk a bit more about uh, Baylor and his brother Gunner, but uh, Tyler Algier continues to just kind of go about his business. He gave you a 14 nothing lead in the game on Saturday night, and whether it's touchdowns or just running hard for first downs, uh, Tyler has a way uh, of making the hard yards for you. So valuable for this team. Yeah, and he, he breaks tackles. He's a hard runner. He, he's fast, and um, you know, from what we we're happy about, he's protecting the football, so we'll keep uh, hoping that he stays consistent. I mean, he's, and then he just gets stronger as the game goes on. And so that, that's a good thing. And I think he and Lopini have done a great job following a big physical line and tight ends of blocking downfield for him. His second touchdown on the first quarter, I mean, at 21 nothing, you were kind of cruising at that point. Uh, you went up 28-6 at halftime. Let's get back to, to, to Baylor a little bit. The fact that he's able to play uh, with his brother and have both been playing at a pretty high level right now. Again, I haven't done the research on, on the brother connections in Division One, but it's a pretty neat thing to have a guy being able to pick out his brother and find him for big plays throughout the night. Yeah, I think it's just coincidence with, with the way our offense runs, but I, he, he's going to find the open guy, and, and he... Does a great job at dishing the ball out, but um, I think the, we started the game pretty much with this this great catch by Gunner, and that's uh, we know Gunner can do that for us. We see him do it over and over again, and um, just the, the decision making that Baylor made, I, I think it was uh, near flawless. And so I, I know that there's some things that he knows he wish he can do better, but overall, I was really pleased with what he did on the field. A Rod was talking again on yesterday's Coordinators Corner about how. You know, Gunner was expected to maybe miss some time after the Arizona opener, and he's come back in and hasn't missed any time and has scored in three straight weeks. Yeah, he's just a tough kid. I mean, we uh, we, we heard that there would probably be a couple weeks after the Arizona injury, and um, I just thought it was just odd that all of a sudden he's up and running, and they told me, hey, I think he can go the day before the game, and, and I was shocked. It's, mm-hmm. it's a pain tolerance thing for him, and uh, I mean, he's just a tough kid, you know, and, and – um, the, the, their family's a bunch of tough kids, and and, and other. so I, I just I, it doesn't surprise me. But he, the fact that he's playing and and, and playing in, in these games and at a high level and dealing with the pain is is a uh, it's it's special. So it really doesn't give anybody any excuse of, of something that hurts. He 
he's a guy that it can't do any more damage, and it's just a pain deal. And man, I, I love coaching tough guys. The the offense is all about uh, brother acts right now. You got you got Baylor and Gunner, you got the Nakua's wide receiver, and then you got a couple of O linemen uh, brothers. And and Campbell end up ended up joining Clark on the O line this week when Harris Lachance went out. So Harris got dinged. Campbell came in at uh, right tackle, and so you had Clark at left guard and and Campbell at, at right tackle. Let's talk a bit about this O line and how they've been playing, performing, protecting, and blocking so far. Yeah, I, I think they they're gelling really well together, and uh, we have. Uh, a good number of guys that we feel comfortable being in the game, and um, you know, I, I think uh, you know th- it's good to have Campbell step in there and, and make big plays as just a young freshman, you know. So um, I, I just, like I said, I like brothers, especially if they're big, <laughs> physical, and tough, man. That they can play here. So uh, and, and and Campbell's just like his brother Clark, and um, you know, so we'll we'll just keep trying to load up on the family thing and and see if it carries over, but. Uh, we, we function as a family, so it just makes a lot of sense to go. keep bringing it up. My broadcast partner, Riley Nelson, said he was keeping an eye on this on Saturday night. He, th- he, thought, he thought that five of the six brothers were on the field. That was the max, but you never got both Nakua's, both Barrington's, and both Romney's on the field at the same time. So if there's a play that can involve all six, it'll make Riley happy at, at the very least. Yeah, that, that's, that's the last thing that A-Rod and... and and the, the, the staff playbook. are worried yeah. about, like, what can we do to get all the brothers in there? Yeah. <laughs> but you're just one away, not too bad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, defensively, uh, you, you had a couple guys that were out, uh, but that meant more depth being tested against South Florida. And having tested defensive depth now through four weeks, how would you say everyone's A, responded, and B, hope to get some guys back in Logan? Yeah, and, and I know I, I came down kind of hard on the guys in the second half, and, and uh, we just felt like we, did, we, we were close to getting off out of drives and uh, credit South Florida they made plays and then we couldn't get off but um, they, they were trying to grind it out and that that was their game plan to try to limit the, the opportunities for our offense to get the ball and um, but I saw a lot of really good things too and so um, just just you know I, I mentioned it before I think our players were just pressing too much trying to do too much rather than doing just their job they were trying to do somebody else's job and trying to make the play themselves and that happens sometimes with youth and inexperience. And um, so I, I like the, their attitude and what they're willing to do, but all we need them to do is focus and do their 111th. If they can do that and, and, and really kick butt at it, then we're going to mm. be just fine. So that's we're trying to get them to, to – we like that they, they love the team and want to make the plays, but, but it's all got to be in, 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 um, in, in their assignment. So if, if we can do that, we'll be fine. And just they just have to change their focus a little bit. Let's also credit South Florida for the game they played on Saturday night. Thought the quarterback was really good and could be a good one for them uh, in, in some time. They, they scored twenty against Florida, uh, which, which is a ranked team, mm-hmm. and and they kept grinding. And yes, they were their objective was to uh, snap a lot of plays and take a lot of time and kind of limit your ability to be on the field. But it was a team that played hard, played well. I expect them to get some wins here. They haven't won against an FBS team in a while, but they showed some things. And so there is some credit that has to go to the way that team played and challenged you. Yeah, and, and, and I give a lot of credit to that quarterback. There wasn't a lot of film from this year to watch on him. and uh, We thought that they were going to use the two-quarterback system because uh, that's what they did earlier in, in the year. But um, you know, I think they, they, they made a wise decision just putting it all on him. And he made some, some really, really good, great throws that if they're just off by a little bit they're turning into interceptions so uh, he was being aggressive with his throws and and you know we, we couldn't take advantage of a lot we had our hands on on, on a few balls and um this is stuff that we can keep working on i i feel like they're very fixable though 
things were learned, and it's uh, it's a better learning experience when you, can, when you can do so with a with a win in the column as opposed to you know being regretful of the things that that caused you to lose, and that didn't happen Saturday night. Yeah, it's all stuff that we know we can fix, and and the players know they they knew it immediately, and so uh, you know we'll focus on what we're going to do in Logan, and and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these guys guys coming back and. Um, guys getting another opportunity, another shot at just doing their job and, and doing it well and see what happens. Let's take a look at where things are as you are now th- uh, one-third of the way through the schedule. Four games through 12 regular season contests. It just wrapped up a three-game homestand. And the way it breaks out now, Kalani, is you play your first true away game of the season. It was neutral in Arizona, and it felt like a home game. Then you had three straight true home games, and now you head to Logan. And, and kind of breaking it down, really the last time you played in a truly hostile environment was the Utah State game two years ago, looking at it that way. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think the, uh, you know, it was, it was a cool experience for us. And so we were embracing the opportunity going up to Logan and playing in front of their fans. And, and we'll have some fans there too. Uh, but we're looking forward to the game. And, and I know our offense is working on the on the crowd noise deal and, and um we're going to try to see what we can do there. It's going to be a lot of fun. You say playing in front of their fans. Quite literally, you're playing in front of the student section this year. They flip the benches from one side to the other, so you'll have a different vantage point this year. Yeah, it's a good move. I, I think for um, for us, it'll be it'll be exciting. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You feed off the energy, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of energy in there, and, and we'll just be focused on what we're doing on the field. But we're going to have a lot of fun with everyone there. It's going to, that's it's college football, so it'll be a lot of fun. And you're playing for a trophy that rolls. There we go. Yeah, it's too heavy to carry, so we'll just roll it. <laughs> okay. For your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. That's weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Jerem will take us inside the film room with Baylor Romney. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sidate. Our viewers see on the screen a graphic courtesy of Utah football, which relays the sad news that the Utah football program lost a member of its family. And for the second straight year, uh, that program is dealing with a tragedy and a player's life lost uh, way too soon. And uh, Kalani, you expressed, uh, as did the team uh, and Tom Homo and others on social media, condolences uh, for Utah football and the loss of Aaron Lowe. Yeah, just just to um, let them know that we're praying for them and, and for that fan base, but for that football team and the program, the coaches, everyone involved. And so, you know, we we were able to hand the, the flag for Ty Jordan when we, when we played them over to, to Aaron himself. And so uh, just just sad. I just hope everyone can appreciate life and take care of each other and, and, and uh, you know, just, just honor everyone and then just be safe out there. Aaron was wearing uh, Ty's number 22. He was, yeah. And then... I know they're, they're going through some struggles, but I think uh, if we can just keep directing our prayers and our thoughts towards them, uh, I think, I think they're, they're feeling it, and it, it really helps them out. All right. Well, let's look uh, ahead for BYU and the Cougars game this week. Let's take a look at our broadcast schedule. This is what we'll have on tap for you on Friday night. We'll have radio pregame two hours before the game, 7 o'clock Eastern and 5 o'clock Mountain Time. One hour later, BYU TV comes on board with countdown to kickoffs. We'll take care of pregame coverage all the way up to kickoff on the CBS Sports Network, BYU and Utah State, 9 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain, which feels like an early game after the last few weeks. And then uh, postgame on both BYU TV 
and BYU Radio taking you into the early morning hours. And I guess we should also note the fact that we've now since discovered the Boise State game time. That's a true early game, 1.30 in the afternoon. Yes, different. But uh, <laughs> no, no midday nap for me now. So. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be, it'll if you be, do it, if you do this time, it'll make news. I think it's yeah. different, but it, that's around the same that time that we always had kickoffs when I was younger. So, and when I was a kid, I remember going to the stadium around that time. So it'd be it'd be a lot of fun. The players the players will be excited because the fans will still make a lot of noise. Absolutely, it'll be a full house. I think that day too. Well, Saturday night's an eight point win over USF improved BYU, of course, to four and zero on the season. And the Cougs are now all time three and zero in games started by Baylor Romney at quarterback. Here now, Baylor takes us through his Saturday night highlights with Jerem Jordan inside the film room. All right, Baylor, first start in 686 days. What was your mindset going into this game? Like all the other games I've played before, just came in ready to throw the ball around and just ultimately win. Throw the ball around is an accurate description. Let's look at some deep balls you threw in this one. First off, 49 yards. This we call, Aaron Roderick calls buddy ball uh, to your brother Gunner. <laughs> yeah, so on this play, um, just initially right here, from what I saw, it just looked like man coverage, maybe like a low quarters look. Right here when that motion came across, the safety spun down, just confirmed that it was man coverage. I saw the safety was going to be low, kind of got his eyes stuck in the backfield on the on the run fake. So when I flipped my head around right here, saw nothing but grass and let Gunner go make a play out there. How many passes do you think you've thrown to Gunner in your life? Oh, man, there's thousands and thousands probably between like 10,000 and 20,000 somewhere in there but I mean yeah it's easy to make this throw when your line is creating this kind of pocket there's so much room to work with there it just makes the throwing lane really easy okay next play Puka Nakua's breakout game 55 yards down the field to the transfer yeah, I mean, really a similar look on defense on this one. Almost identical, just a different route structure. And on this one, I had a dude right in my face when I threw it, but I just trusted that Puka would be there and turn his head and find the ball, and he did an incredible job of really tracking that. I don't even think he knew I threw the ball. He just found the ball in the air there. But then same thing, just the run fake and the whole lineman selling that run really created a lot of flow and got it wide open down the field. Okay, and then the second brother... TD pass in BYU history. The first was 2019 Utah State. This is the second, 47 yards to go. Yeah, so again on this one, uh, like the same look that we saw in the first two plays, man coverage, safety spinning down, and we were running the ball really well, so a hard run sell. Neil gets a lot of credit on this one. He takes three guys up on that play. You see him running his route right there. Saw a ton of grass deep in the field and just put it out there and let Gunner run under and score a touchdown. Didn't make him dive this time. Didn't make him dive this time. <laughs> he ran an excellent route on this, got the TV to turn his hips. That's all the separation you need right there. Okay, Utah State coming up this week. You guys are ranked 13th. Big rivalry game. That crowd's going to be crazy. They've flipped sides, by the way. You're going to be right by their student section, which will be fun. I didn't know that. That'll um, be fun. <laughs> what's your initial thought on Utah State? Um, just going up there, playing in 2019. I mean, it's a fun environment. The crowd gets into it. Um, great student section. Uh, they get real personal, but I enjoy that. It's fun <laughs> for everyone. Gets everyone fired up. Um, they're a good team this year. Um, they had a really good start to their season, and they lost to Boise State last week, but I mean, they're a, t- they're a tough team. They have a really good defense, and um, I mean, we got to prepare this week to go get the win. And the mustache is going to stay. The mustache will be there. Okay, the mustache will be there. Thanks for the time, Baylor. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Baylor, the mustache, and all the Cougs up in Logan Friday night. BYU taking on Utah State, 90th time, all time, 
And for the first time in almost uh, two years, Cougs will be in a truly, indeed, hostile environment. BYU undefeated. Aggies now 3-1. and one. They mentioned the loss to Boise. Played them on at a morning kick. They had a 10 a.m. morning kick this past Saturday. When the game is played that early in the day, you've got a late-night game. Did you get a chance to watch some of that live? Yeah, we, we watched it before our meetings. Uh, we didn't get to watch the entire game, but we had some early morning meetings and things like that and, and just getting last uh, day prep. And um, But we were able to watch, i, I say, big bulk of the game from, from the, our players and from our coaches. So that, that was fun. Um, you know, we, we saw some really good things uh, from what Utah State does, and they got a lot of yards. And um, Baylor mentioned their defense is really aggressive and their offenses as well. They go fast-paced. They're, they're probably the fastest uh, no-huddle team we'll, we'll, we'll see and probably have seen in a long time. So uh, that'll be fun for us. And, and uh, we're going to need our guys to be on top of it and communicate well and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll go out there and see what happens, but I'm really looking forward to our guys playing on that field. You mentioned you expected a two-quarterback system from South Florida, didn't really get that. You might be a little more confident in your ability to see that on Saturday. They're playing a little. Too, they're playing more regularly two quarterbacks right now. Yeah, they have a little bit of a rotation going on there, and, and, and um, but both quarterbacks are capable of, of running well and throwing the ball well, so uh, they have a big old line, and it's going to be it's going to be a good matchup for us. Well, we'll see. They've been able to to have a lot of explosive plays and and um, you know in, in their games, and, and we're hoping to limit that and try to find ways to make plays and, and create some turnovers. New head coach got off to a three and zero start before this loss on the weekend. Uh, what do you know about uh, the new coach? Yeah, Blake done an amazing job when he was at Arkansas State, and and, and um, you know I think he's you can see the way that he has that, that team playing. They're playing hard and. They added some uh, some players in the transfer portal uh, to fill some holes and increase some depth. And so they're playing really hard. We're looking forward to getting their best shot. We've got to make sure that I say it every week that we bring ours. And then if we do that, then it'll be a fun game. They have a transfer running back from Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned you see Devin Tompkins there with uh, some really impressive numbers as a wide receiver right now. And you say tempo is something they really rely on right now. That's right. And, then, and, and they go really, really fast. And so they'll you use the tempo to try to confuse uh, teams and uh, you'll see some broken coverages and on some of the big plays that they make but you know I, I think we've, we've seen th- we've seen it um, not probably not at this speed but uh, we're, we're definitely practicing and prepping for it and Arod also mentioned too that uh, you'd be practicing this week in the IPF with the speakers turned up to assimilate uh, crowd noise the best you you can while inside and, and not in Logan yeah, we put the offense inside. The defense doesn't really care to hear all that noise, but uh, uh, it's good good for our guys to work on the communication and and uh, making sure that we can get the ball snapped and be on the same page. And we, we, if we can get that taken care of, then, then I think we'll, we'll have a good chance. Before we leave Utah State, the Boise game was kind of unusual. Final score is 27-3, to but the yardage numbers didn't say 27-3. to Utah State, you would have thought, would have had a lot more points than they ended up with on Saturday. Yeah, tons of yards, and, and credit to Boise State for uh, keeping the points off the board, you know, and I, I think they were able to bend a little bit and give a lot of yards, but there, there's also a lot of um, a lot of plays on both sides. So uh, Boise had a lot of plays on their offensive side of the, of the uh, you know, with their offensive, I think it was 90-something plays on offense, and so probably if there probably be a lot high number of, of plays on, uh, for both teams, and we'll see if we can capitalize and make a lot of points on offense and limit their 
their output on, on their offense with our defense. All right, good preview segment. Let's take a break. We'll tell you that Monday is at 1 Eastern. We talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinators Corner with Aaron Roderick, Eli Satuiaki, and Ed Lamb. Tune in live on the BYU TV app. You can also check it there on demand. After this break, we will check in on our Cougars in the NFL. And the coach will take your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Chitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics, and by Smith's, fresh for everyone. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Taking a look at our Cougars in the NFL, some of them at least, there are a lot of them out there. Through week three in the National Football League, here are what, here's what some of them are doing. Taysom Hill getting in late in the Saints' most recent game. Daniel Sorensen's numbers with the Chiefs, who have fallen to 1-2 and two on the year. Our best to Coach Reed. Coach Reed spent a little bit of time in the hospital after the game on Sunday, doing better. Uh, Jamal Williams in a platoon with DeAndre Swift, and both running well. And Tyson Williams in a good spot there with the Baltimore Ravens. You hear about Coach Reed the other night? Yeah, I was texting him earlier this week. So How's he doing? He's doing, he's doing better. That's good. It's Try to check in with him, yeah. see if he has any ideas for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's get a Q&A uh, from our social media for Coach Sitake tonight. And you can use the hashtag Sitake Show every week to get in with us. Uh, Ryan Rico's our guest tonight, coming up in a bit. First question is actually about the punter. Uh, coming in from Michael. With uh, Ryan able to kick for incredible distances, and that's true, uh, would it be effective to have him punt where there's a free kick after a safety. You've already had to kick after one safety this mm-hmm. year. You chose the kickoff route. If you did it again or did it one more time, would you maybe think about Ryan punting it? Yep, man, we practiced that. So we just didn't have a good timing with the punt before. And so now we have that uh, available to us. So let's just hope that we never have to use it. Right. But if we do, that, that's what, more than likely that's what we'll do. He's a pretty good weapon. Yeah. All right, next question, uh, dstot50 on Twitter. Uh, how do you help the team prepare for a hostile environment like the one at Utah State. We love you, Coach, he says. And go Cougs. We hit a bit of, we talked about offense, going inside and mm-hmm. practicing with noise. I mean, what else can you do when you're talking about going into enemy territory? Well, we're going to embrace it. That's part of college football. You, you go into, and we've, some of these guys have been in, in hostile environments and been in different um, arenas and different uh, stadiums. And so I think it's, it's, it feeds to the, to the excitement of the game and, um, you know, that I want them to embrace it and have fun with it. That's uh, that's what college football is all about. We we had last year we had stadiums with nobody in it, you know, and so um, I really want them to just embrace it because it shows high level of gratitude and appreciation for what they get to do. So even if it's people that aren't happy that you're there <laughs> <laughs> and booing you for some reason, I mean Baylor mentioned that they'll say some some things, but it's okay. I think I think we can be good examples and have fun with the game and still show great sportsmanship. Next question coming in from at 49er Coog. Uh, what do coaches do to improve in the offseason? Clinics, other schools? Where does your staff go, if anywhere? Yeah, we, we do a lot of um, self-scout and, and try to improve in development, professional development is what we call it. And So we usually connect with people that we, um, that we know in, in, in the coaching world. And a lot of people go to the NFL because there's not really a lot of crossover and, and – um, but we, we will visit a lot of different places. I think 
then we encourage our staff to look at places that where they could feel like they could improve their coaching. And maybe it's drills, but maybe it's talking ball and talking schemes and techniques. And so a lot of it we'll bring back, and then we'll talk about what what's applicable to what we do as a team and our position group and, and what could help a player. Um, and so that that's what we do. We'll, we'll see how it works this offseason. But we've had a lot of requests to people to come see our coaches too. So you can exchange ideas that way, whether we go somewhere or they come here. Different topic, but how important do you view BYU's relationship with the NFL and its teams? Because I'll use Pro Day as an example. It seems whenever Pro, whenever pro Day rolls around and NFL teams visit here, they, they, they you know, put out on social media, et cetera, just how high class and high level BYU's operation is. What message are you always trying to send to NFL teams when well, things like that come around? We want them to know that we want our players in the NFL. And I think uh, we have uh, good character young men that, that would do well in the NFL and in those locker rooms that are, uh, if they're talking about culture and about teamwork and about love, then, then we got the guys. And so if we're going to try to promote that, and, I, and, and for me, it's, it's for our players being able to live out their dreams. And so uh, if, if it means making it more uh, accommodating for a scout or uh, NFL personnel to come visit us and having them available to practices, then we do that. And, and, and so we'll, we'll invite them to practice and a lot of places don't do it like we do, but um, I believe that if you want if you want to provide your players the best opportunity, then you have to uh, give an easy access for NFL personnel to come visit. And our scout visits are almost like a weekly thing this time of year. Mm-hmm. For it's daily, yeah. yeah. We, we get them every day, and and I just need need them to have our players stay throughout their eligibility. That would be helpful for me. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I think that's the, the key: is to take care of them and. And make the, the scouts feel welcome. And, and um, it's easy for them to watch our players in practice and see their habits and their work ethic to go back and, and, and say, hey, this is a guy that, that fits our program, our kind of person. Excellent. Final question from social media. Uh, in the USF game, it seems like a lot of players got their first reps. Which players impressed you most and maybe earned playing time in the future? Oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. We, we play a lot of guys, especially on defense. We rotate uh, quite a bit, um, so it was just. Can I throw somebody at you? Yeah, throw Ammon someone. Hanneman. Yeah, Ammon did really well, and we actually started him at safety. We moved uh, Chaz up to backer mm-hmm. uh, this this uh, against South Florida, and just being able to have people that can that you can so you can change positions with with um, players. And Chaz is a guy that's played linebacker. He's played that hybrid position for us. He's played safety, and so. To have that type of um, flexibility is really helpful for us in, in our scheme, especially when you're dealing with an injured player and trying to fill in for someone like Keenan Peely. So um, we, we like our depth, but we like the flexibility of our guys being able to play more than one position, and more likely that, that falls on the more experienced player like Chaz. And you already mentioned earlier how Campbell Barrington, freshman, came in and did a nice job at the right tackle for you. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm forgetting all those guys, but it, basically anybody that you didn't know that, that played, those guys did well. They, they, they came in and graded out well and helped get us to win. So uh, I just don't want to make a big habit of using a bunch of young guys, but that's okay. We, we know that if we, we need to, we can count on them. All right, good to hear. Let's uh, head to break by telling you that you can watch Countdown to Kickoff. As Dave, Blaine, David, and Spencer get you ready for BYU at Utah State, That'll be on BYU TV and the BYU TV app Friday night at 8 Eastern Time. Coming up next, our Deep Blue feature on Jake Oldroyd and a punter used to going deep. 
Ryan Rico joining us in studio. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake continues. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. And by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Well, the first game of Kalani's BYU head coaching career was unforgettable, among other ways for how it ended and for who ended it. A freshman place kicker, a literal unknown, hit the game-winning field goal, the start of a career that has had a share of highs and some lows, as we learn in tonight's episode of Deep Blue, brought to you by Brady Industries. Simply better. Growing up for me, sports were everything. My parents kind of restricted me from playing football early on because, you know, they were scared of the potential injuries. We got him into soccer when he turned forward. In his first year in soccer, he would stay behind the pack, wait for the ball to pop out, and then he would be there to kick it. And so we thought, this is fine. He's, he's a normal kid. He's probably not going to be that athletic. And, you know, he's just he's having a good experience with the team. He unfortunately had a couple of concussions, fairly significant ones through soccer. Football was obviously not something that we were keen on him doing because of that concussion history. Uh, I ultimately convinced my mom to let me play if it was just going to be kicking. And so I remember going to one of my seventh grade football games with my parents just to watch some of my friends play. And the idea came to me to ask her right then, well, mom, what if I just kick? I don't have to play any other position. And she was on board with that. And so she went and talked to the coach on my behalf after the game. That's where football started for him. We were driving back from from Provo. We were in in West Texas. We're about five hours from home. It's Sunday morning, and I get a call from Jake, and he's really upset, and he's in a lot of pain. And I said, what's going on? And he said, I can't move my knee. And I said, what, what happened? And he said, I don't know. Yesterday I was just stretching and I heard something pop. And, and today it's so swollen and in excruciating pain. I don't know what to do. I guess I was just going too hard and <laughs> pushed something a little too far. And, and my knee popped and I tore my meniscus and I sprained my MCL. And in that moment, I was really, really concerned because I... After a couple days of camp and talking to coaches, I felt that there was an opportunity to make an impact that season, and all of a sudden, you know, the potential of that was just gone. They had the surgery on Tuesday. I flew up later that week, and I believe it was by Friday, he was running stairs in the stadium. And so he was doing all kinds of crazy exercises to try and get back as fast as he could. And that was a really challenging time, because with that injury, he suddenly pulled out of camp. What he would do is after, uh, when everyone else was eating lunch, he would go out and he would start kicking. And he was trying to get exposure to the team and to coaches to let them know that he was, he was ready. And so less than three weeks later was the Arizona game. Can you feel this, Rob? My goodness. Ready for football inside University of Phoenix Stadium. Glendale, Arizona. It's BYU and Arizona to finish up a heck of a day of college football. So I got right back into practice Monday week one. I only took a couple reps that week, but worked my way somehow onto the travel squad. 
um, which was just a complete miracle turnaround for me. It was a huge blessing for me to even be in the position to compete. And then, you know, fortunately, I was on the plane to that first game. Same shoes. I had some old green shoes that I brought to fall camp here at BYU because I didn't have anything else. And I didn't dare ask, you know, being a bright-eyed 18-year-old. I, I had never been in the locker room before, and I didn't even dare, you know, try to ask somebody for new cleats. So I just wore what I had. Nobody said anything to me. They were Nike. So I thought that was fine, and I didn't think I was going to play. 16-15 <laughs> Arizona. Oldroyd from 33. The kick is on its way, and it is... driving down the field and it came time to kick a field goal to win we were looking at him and you could just see the confidence just beaming off of him it's unique you know and that's very different but that confidence was beaming into the players and for a freshman to do that is remarkable you know that that's why I pushed myself to recover so hard from that injury and to be prepared because I knew that if that chance was given to me I was going to take it and and I was going to perform strong start to 2019 um, we had those incredible wins over Tennessee he was able to kick a field goal to send it to overtime eventually of course we won that game a USC win then we came to a game and he was very sick he was dizzy uh, really couldn't walk in a straight line and uh, really not in much shape to play but he needed to play ended up not converting a couple of times and uh, I think that's when you know, the mental game really became a factor. When you're doing well, then the posts are outstanding and supportive and he's the best ever and things are, things are great. But if anything at all goes wrong, then suddenly the doubters or detractors come in and it is, it's, it, they just continue to pile on. And so in 2019, I think that happened. I tried to uh, take a step back and realize that you know, people don't understand what it's like to be me. There are very few collegiate and NFL place kickers out there that understand what it's like to miss a kick or go through a rut like that. You know, so understanding that helped me to realize that, you know, I don't need to listen to those outside voices, and they definitely shouldn't be the ones that are influencing where my mind is at. And so, you know, I ultimately just got off of social media during the next season because I felt like it was something that was detrimental to where my head was at as a player the year before. and But it definitely takes time and experience and practice, I think, to, to block it out and just realize that it's nothing more than a game and you got to have fun doing it. And sometimes people take it too seriously. So the piano has been a hobby of mine since I was a kid. I've always enjoyed playing. And over the years, it's been a way that I can de-stress and take time away from day-to-day -day things and... Even through football, there was a time where I would go play the piano by myself on game day, get myself in the right space approaching a, you know, a stressful game setting. Jake's always had a really good perspective ever since I've known him of that football's important, but it's not everything in life, right? And he's got potential where football can take him to places he maybe never thought imaginable, right, as far as career goes. But... I think he's always had a really good perspective of football's great, and if it can take me to certain places, awesome, but 
family, you know, his, his relationships he has with other people, his faith are, are more important. You know, I absolutely believe he's a, an amazing kicker. He's a phenomenal athlete, but I think he's an even better person. Jake is a lot of things uh, to a lot of people out there, but to me, he's my boy. He's fortunate that he's really talented and he's got a good support system around him to help him succeed, but he understands that football has to end at some point for everyone, right? And that when it ends, it won't be the only thing he's known for, but the impact that he has on the people around him and the relationships he carries are much more important than just the time playing football. I think we kind of miss seeing Jake kick, too. Uh, he's, he's kicked once in the four games you've had. We hope to get him back, I guess, ASAP. And, and uh, is there a chance he kicks Friday? And, and when do you hope to get him back? Yeah, we're hoping. And, and, and getting him back healthy, I mean, you can see his drive. He's, he wants to be on the field with his boys. And, and so um, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back whenever he's ready to roll, when, whenever his body's feeling right. Well, he's, um, but, yeah, he's, he's an amazing young man. Yeah. And uh, he, he adds to our family, to our football team, uh, more than just kicking field goals and PATs. And on pace to be one of the best kickers BYU's ever had, certainly through this part of his career. Well, uh, every coach, including Kalani, uh, would love it if his team never had to punt. Uh, but if you have to boot the ball away once in a while, it's a great to have one of the best kickers in the country on your roster. Please welcome into Studio C tonight's special guest, punter Ryan Rico. Well, first up, congratulations on a stellar start to your season. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun one so far. We're 4-0, and things are rolling. It's great. So I, I think I've done this a long time, and I don't recall having players from Spokane before, and now it's all these guys from Spokane. You've got, you got the two Barrington brothers, and you are from a town called like, Viradale, right? Yeah, it's It's, it's part of the Spokane Valley, yeah. which is Spokane, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we've got three guys from Spokane, and I guess the Barringtons weren't in your high school, but you were in the same league. Did you, were you aware yeah. of these guys? We were, uh, we were at rival high schools, and funny enough, we played YMCA basketball growing up together. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, we go way back. Our parents are, are super close friends, so... Yeah, it's awesome to be here with them. They're amazing. So you guys have a Spokane thing going with at least three of you. Exactly, yeah. We're trying to represent for the, the 509, good old Spokane. <laughs> okay. Um, and as I, as I spoke with when Clark was a guest, normally, you know, Spokane, it just kind of brings some, some negative feelings because it's, it's Gonzaga. Yeah. It's Gonzaga basketball. <laughs> and so I asked Clark, you know, was he a Zag fan growing up? He said, well, yeah, you're in Spokane, you're a Zag yeah. fan. How about you? No, absolutely. Like, I mean, their success, especially recently, has been – Tremendous, but that is a that is a basketball town. They call it Hooptown, USA, for a reason. But uh, yeah, no, it's basketball was huge growing up. We're always trying to go to games and just see where that goes. But yeah, no, definitely Zags fans. But we're here at BYU now. We got to represent for the Cougs. All right. So when BYU and Gonzaga play, where are you at? BYU. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Of course. Just checking. Just yep. checking. <laughs> uh, so Lee Johnson is someone you know. A yes. little bit, because he's around, right? Mm-hmm. He's in the administration. Uh, but he holds some punting records here at BYU from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of what kind of punter Lee was when he was here? And are yeah. you kind of aware also that you're kind of in his vicinity right now? No, me and, uh, <laughs> me and Lee, we get along great. He is uh, definitely a great mentor to have. I don't, like, know all the records and stuff, but he's always telling me, he's like, hey, you got to beat him. You got to beat him. Like, you're, you got that potential. And so um, definitely working towards that. But that will, that will come as... Uh, really, the team success comes first. Uh, we're just doing our job, but if that happens, so be it. 
I mean, I love Lee, but <laughs> hey, records are meant to be broke, so <laughs> we're going for it. That's fun. Uh, Kalani, when did you first uh, become acquainted with the Ricos? Uh, when we were recruiting the Barringtons, and, and, and so uh, what I liked about Rico is his athleticism. He's a basketball player, so um, obviously it's not just limited to kicking. He can shoot hoops, and he can, uh, he can obviously run the ball. Um, yeah, we should say better than than year. Johnny Linehan. <laughs> oh man! No, I don't want to take a shot at John. Johnny. We love you, man. But Johnny played don't rugby. Johnny, yeah. So, so he's a great athlete too. But no, he's got he he runs the ball when when even when I don't want him to. And so, uh, but but you know he he's got a strong leg. He can kick the ball, and, and he's done amazing things for us as as a team. He's he's voted as a co-captain. Um, and, and he and, and Jacob done an amazing job uh, just mentoring and, and being big brothers to that uh, specialist group. And um, we take a lot of pride in special teams, but it, it starts from the kickers themselves. And Rico's a big part of that culture. Ryan, you're not the first Division I uh, kicker in your family, are you? No, definitely not. Give us some background there. Yeah, so my older brother, Austin, he played at the University of Idaho, and uh, he had a lot of success there. All-American. All-American, yeah. All-American a couple times. Um, he went on... Uh, he was with quite a, diff- quite a few different preseason NFL teams. He was with the AAF, the XFL. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely bounced around. And to have that as a mentor, like, in the family has been, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really describe how crucial that's been to my success. Okay, how many sports were you playing growing up when you decided to kind of put laser focus on, on being yeah. a kicker and a punter? Really, so we're a basketball family. My dad's a basketball coach. My mom played college basketball. So basketball was like the main thing and we played soccer growing up. And so that was kind of like the seed that started it all. And then really once I got to freshman year of high school, that was when I was like, okay, I I can take this some places. So let's really dial it in. So high school was just football and basketball. You've done place kicking Mm -hmm. and you've kicked off. Even at BYU, you've kicked off. You're fully focused right now on punting. Is that going to be the gig for you now? Yeah, I I think just as, as far as potential goes, I think it's highest in punting. But I mean... You want to be able to do all three just in case um, someone goes down, there's an injury. It, it's always good to have those tools sharp. And so definitely still working on it. But, I mean, we got Jake is always doing a great job. Justin's been able to step up this season. Yep. So it, it really just allows me to focus on punting, and I love it. How do you describe the special team's chemistry you guys have going on between punters, kickers, snappers, holders? Yeah, it is a, it's a tight-knit group. There's only there's six of us. <laughs> and, uh, no, it, it is such a fun group. I can't. Speak highly enough of, of all those guys. Um, but, yeah, we're all just there to help kind of balance each other out. Um, we're really there to coach one another. And, uh, yeah, no, I love being a part of it. Kalani, I think it was Riley the other day, Nelson in our broadcast said um, there are certain hitters that when they're in the batting cage, you know, the best it just sounds, sounds different off their bat. And he said when Ryan kicks the ball, it just sounds different off his foot. Do you know what he's talking about when it comes to that and, and what kind of leg Ryan has, how he thumps the ball? Yeah, and, and the whole team loves it. <laughs> so when, when we're practicing punt return or punt, everybody's focused on his kicks because he'll bomb them. And, and I think I mentioned it in, 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 um, with the media before during, during fall camp that he just he was killing the ball. And, and I wanted to go check and make sure that the balls were actually legal. <laughs> just, didn't seem right. it just doesn't seem right that you can kick it like that. And it's not like he's struggling. It's just an easy swing and the ball just goes flying and, and there's an 83-yard punt right yeah. there. You know, it's it's a, it's amazing. And and he's a great athlete. I, I have to tell a story that when when we saw him working out, he got home from his mission. He's working out, and 
And Eli Satuyaki and Ed Lamb saw him working out, and they're like, hey, uh, he looks like a D-end. And, and A-Rod and, and Fessy, and those guys were looking at him like he can catch the ball too. He might be able to play tight end. And so they both kind of approached him. I think I, you remember yeah. I said, hey, offensive coaches, defense coaches, want to know if you want to do some stuff. And he goes, coach, I came here to kick. That's all I'm going to do. Yep. Right? So I was like, I told it was it was really fun for me to go back and say, hey, guys, he appreciates the compliment, but he's going to stay, stay with the, kick, the kicking group. Well, Ryan, some people, you know, get bummed out when it's fourth down and you got to punt. I, I personally, I mean, yeah, I'd like the offense to score every time they get the ball, but I love watching you kick. It's been a blast. It's nah, been a lot of fun. Appreciate it. It's, yeah, it's kind of a, it's like a win-win for me. Like, if we don't get it, sweet, I get to go out and play. But if, if we do get it, like, we're closer to scoring. That's, there's nothing to complain about there. So, always, always exciting being on the sidelines. It's well, great. Well, I'm sure we'll do this again here in Studio C. Great to have you with us. Have a great rest of the season. Thank you. All right, that is Ryan Rico, folks. Great to have him here. Thanks so much. This week's Deep Blue podcast, uh, Jared Gordon talks with running superstars Anna Kent Bennett and Whitney Orton Morgan about growing up in small Utah towns, winning national titles, and setting a world record together. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. And this reminder, you can break down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. That's Tuesday nights. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Question is, which former BYU quarterback served as a team captain for both BYU and Utah State? The answer, next. All right, so we are back with the answer to your trivia question. Which former BYU quarterback served as a team captain for both BYU and Utah State? Not at the same time. Uh, Kalani, who's the answer? It's your guy. It's our our guy. I mean, shoot. I I said before during the break that I tried to recruit him to Utah, too, so that's... (laughs) Yeah, he's, he, was, he was a wanted man. Yes, he was. We're glad we had him. All right, as we speak with you over on BYU TV, uh, they're having a, a live BYU basketball practice. First day of practice, and uh, there's Coach Pope mic'd up. That's going to be fun. And so uh, Coach Pope and the boys working out live on BYU TV until 9 o'clock Mountain Time tonight. And I know you love what Coach Pope's got going on, Kalani. Oh, yeah, he's a stud. I uh, love his energy and... Uh, I love being able to, to share ideas with him and the other coaches uh, in, the, the, in the department. So just a lot of fun. Big part of the reason why BYU is awesome is, is great coaches and great people, mentors like, like Mark Pope. All right, once we're done here, you can check that out live on BYU TV and the app and watch it on demand as well. Kalani and Ryan, thank you for both being in tonight, and best of luck in Logan on Friday night. You're going to have some fun. Love you, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Linehan, this one's for you. All right, have a great week, everyone. Go Cougs. For Ryan and the coach, I'm Greg Grubel. Have a great night. We'll see you. At Smith's, fresh groceries are our thing. So we do freshest checks on the items in your delivery order at every step of their journey from our farms to our stores. And pick and pack every blue, raz, and strawberry in your free pickup order with the utmost care. Because we believe in treating your food the same way we'd want ours to be treated. It's the golden rule, only for, like, fresh fruit and stuff. Order now using the mobile app. We're fresh every day, so shop anyway. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. 
Listen up, Cougar fans. Now's your chance to get a $100 bonus from Mountain America Credit Union. Simply open a new MyStyle checking account and sign up for e-statements and direct deposit. It's your ticket to amazing rewards, loan discounts, and a $100 bonus. Open your MyStyle checking account at any Mountain America branch or macu.com slash BYU100. Account must remain open for at least six months or bonus will be debited at closing. Membership required based on eligibility. Some restrictions apply. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Utahns love staying active, and Intermountain Healthcare is here to help keep it that way. Because maybe you can't lift 500-pound plates like a lineman, but you might have what it takes to scale Olympus. Maybe you got three-foot range instead of three-point, but you can handle three feet of powder. It's a way of life. And if there's ever a setback, we're here to get the Cougs and you back out there. Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Learn more at intermountainsportsmed.org. Football season is an exciting time of year. As BYU fans, we love seeing the Cougs back on the field. We expect seeing injuries on the football field, but occasionally injuries become part of our lives off the field. If you've been injured in an accident, we know what you're going through. We'd love to talk to you about your situation and help you better understand what you're up against. Contact us at SiegfriedandJensen.com and get the answers you deserve. We'll give it to you straight. Go Cougs! 